0: This is the Western Obsessions TV Podcast, where hunting's not a hobby, it's an obsession. All right, guys, welcome back to the Western Obsessions TV Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Belding, and this podcast is brought to you by Ready Nutrients. Optimize your performance in the gym and the outdoors. Live ready. On this episode, I've got a couple guests on today. Um, one being Daryl Goger. The other guy is AJ Pozzoli. I was just joking before the podcast. It sounds like Fizzoli's. I love Fizzoli's. I wish I was sponsored by Fizzolis. I could eat there all the time. It was AJ Pozzoli And these guys started um Velvet Antler Technologies. That's their company. It it sounds like it's a product. It's actually multiple products, a lot of products that they have got developed right now and very cool products. We're gonna dig into those products and kind of how they got started. And Kind of everything they got going on, who knows where this podcast is going to turn out to. But you guys, welcome, Daryl, AJ, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So Velvet Antler Technologies. And for you guys that are listening, I to be honest with you, I've never shot a deer in velvet. Um, I would like to one day. I just for some reason I always kind of hedge to the right. I get a rifle tag for uh try to kill myself a big muley. Um, I would like. I would like to one day, and this will be a good podcast for me to learn a lot about Velvet, a lot about the process that goes into it in the products. But um, Daryl, AJ, whoever wants to take this lead, kind of tell me about your main product, how that happened, how it came about, how you started the company. Give me some background.
1: So it was, uh, I I actually kind of created the formulation years ago. Um, I was a guide in Nevada and I went in Nevada that's where I live and every year I was I lived 100 miles from any taxidermist so I hated every time I'd kill a deer I'd have to try to deal with the velvet and the velvet would fall off and it would rot and it would stink and the bugs get to it and it just it was always just a big mess for me you know and I, I love the velvet I just thought it was cool um that's probably around 20 years ago so I just started kind of playing with stuff and developing stuff and trying to spray stuff on it, right? Mixing stuff together to spray on it to make the velvet stay there. Cause I I couldn't get to a taxidermist. Number one, number two, I had three kids growing up that I couldn't afford to take them to the taxidermist if I could bake them. Um, So I kind of just built this little formula and I started spraying it on all my buddies and mine's deer and the velvet just stayed. So, and it stayed perfect. I mean, I got one on my wall now that's over 16 years old that, the velvet's still just like the day I killed him. Um, so that's kind of where it developed. Like, I never really had a name for it. I never had had anything, right? So fast forward about 12 years ago, I moved to Idaho. Um, and it's funny how I met AJ. I uh, was actually selling a set of deer antlers on eBay. And uh, the first guy that bid on them, he never, he never paid for it. The guy wouldn't talk to me. He, would, he bid on them and won them, but never would pay for it. Well, AJ was the guy that was bidding against him, right? So I just reached out to him and said, hey, man, guy didn't pay if you're, you're willing to pay. So he ended up buying these antlers, right? Big, it was 217-inch deer or something like that. Big, beautiful set antlers. Um, so then him and I kind of, we got to be friends and we started talking and I told him about this stuff that I have and he got real excited about it like I was and we started pursuing it and started trying to figure out how we could get it to market and and what that looked like and what it would take. and you know, we, uh, we worked and worked and worked tirelessly until shoot, what has it been four years now, almost five years, five years ago, years. 2019, we believe it was, we, we actually brought just the Velvola, we called it when we started to the market. And and that's where we came up with the name velvet antler technologies, right? Just a cool name. And so since then things have kind of evolved, you know, we've got, like you said, other products as well, but, um, that one was our start. We, uh started with that and we, we gave away a lot of product right at first and people were trying it and they were liking it and, uh it just it's just been blossoming from there and you know aj builds all of our logos and all of our labeling and stuff he spends a lot of time doing all of that um and then moving forward you know we always have guys say hey you know you got this got this product what about could you do something for this you know And that's how these products all have evolved over time. Seems like every year we have somebody say, hey, could you do something with this? And and we try to build it. And it usually takes us about a year, year and a half to do enough beta testing and gathering information and intel on, you know, getting product from people, getting deer heads or hides or what have you from people to test this stuff on. And it takes time to do that. So each one we spend about a year, year and a half to develop before we put it out on the market.
0: Yeah, and that's you know and that's one thing that consumer doesn't see is how much research and development goes into making a good product not only the product but like the design the labeling the marketing everything that goes into it it's a lot of work to get a product on on the shelf and on the website um let's let's back up just a little bit and i'm c- curious to know more about this i'm sure a lot of my listeners are too but let's dig into the problem of what happens when you shoot an animal in velvet and kind of like the solution of how do you preserve that how do you keep that
1: there okay and that's that's kind of what i figured out over time right like the first thing that happens to any animal when they get killed anything is blood coagulates so a velvet membrane is just like the scalp on your head right has blood flow constant it doesn't stop so as soon as that heart stops the blood stops wherever that blood is and I've even seen it where, you know, you shoot a deer with a, with a bone arrow and all that blood's trying to coagulate as they're dying. Right. So what happens, all those clots end up, they can go up under the velvet membrane. They can end up a lot of places. It, and this is what makes velvet very, very fickle and very hard to deal with. Um, so in our product, we developed it to, cause, cause the blood, when it's sitting there, right, it starts to decay immediately. Mm. And especially when velvet season is. 99.9% of the time, it's hot. I don't care where you're at. When you're hunting velvet, it's hot. Yeah. Okay, So, decay starts early, starts really fast. So, this product is made to, it'll actually penetrate the membrane um, and get under the membrane where the blood lives. And it'll re-liquify that blood and it'll make that blood leave. It'll run it out the bases.
0: Oh. Okay. So, Yeah, so just like everything that's living, blood flows to it. You die, or an animal dies, blood stops flowing and starts to coagulate. So your product absorbs through the velvet into the membrane, into the blood, and basically pushes the blood out of the velvet. Is that right? Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I mean, as a layman terms like myself (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot more science to it (laughs) yeah that's super interesting um so tell me now and me and you may know this but some of my listeners may not is like why is that so important to get that blood out of the velvet in time to preserve that
1: what was I missed part of that my silly phone started ringing
0: uh no worries i said uh you know for someone that may not understand uh me me and you may understand this a little bit better because we're in the industry but why is it so important to get the blood out of the velvet um and to preserve that why is that so important
1: okay so the blood when it's sitting under there even even if it's dried and and i tell people this right even if it's freeze dried freeze dried means just that all the blood that was there when it died freeze dries underneath that membrane. If that ever gets re liquefied at some point, somehow if it gets wet. If it rains on them, if your house has a water leak and you get water on that membrane again, it will re reconstitute essentially that blood, right? Because it's still there. It's still in place. Mm-hmm. If you don't get rid of that blood, that's when decay will happen and rot will happen and yeah. bugs will attract to it um and and bacteria will attract to it if it's not completely dried and cured or taken out one or the other
0: right okay so which is if you can't get rid of the blood there's a there's a high chance that velvet's going to get ruined down the road yes yeah Yeah. and um and then so what's left over is the velvet without the blood in it and how does does your product do anything special to preserve that because if, I, if I had a anything I any everything loses value over time right so unless it's preserved in a way so tell me about that in that process
1: so in in getting all that blood out of there then that product is actually made to preserve that membrane it will actually turn the membrane as hard as the bone on the antler so it's an actual hard cured membrane at that point in, but the hairs on the animal stay soft and supple. Mm. So the actual hair feels just like the day you killed it. It's super soft, super, super supple. And the membrane underneath is hard and cured to the bone.
0: Interesting. Super interesting. Like I said, I haven't killed anything with velvet. But if I would have the last few couple of years ago, it probably would be ruined. So I I didn't know a lot of this information. You know what I mean? I would have killed it. I would have taken my taxidermis and he would have been like "Kurt." what have you been doing the last six days? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just am and piddle in my bones. You know, probably would have been ruined. So, well, that's great, you know, guys. Go ahead.
1: One of the things is, is, you know, a lot of guys, they'll, they use formaldehyde still to this day. Formaldehyde is just nasty. I mean, I know guys that have taken it in the mountains with them and they'll poke their finger with the needle that they're injecting those antlers with and they'll get a huge infection and It's just, it's not a good substance, right? As to where ours, it's not toxic like that, that it's going to bother you. I mean, you could spray it directly on your skin. It's not going to burn your skin, those types of things, right? Like, if you get formaldehyde in your eye, you will lose your eye. That's just the way it is. Yeah.
0: Huh. So, like, guys are taking formaldehyde up with them on the mountain as they're hunting in the case that, they shoot an animal or are they able to bring it off the mountain in time to put the formaldehyde
1: in there yeah most of the time guys do it on the mountain that are you know guys that truly backpack in stuff. you know a lot of guys like our product if you're as long as you apply it within 24 hours of killing that animal you're usually in pretty good shape
0: so it'd be smart to bring your product with you in your pack up the mountain that we can do it right away absolutely yeah. So, what are some some to dos, do's and don'ts of preserving velvet, besides using your product, obviously?
1: So, <laughs>
2: the only thing.
1: One of the big things we we like to stress to people is do not grab a hold of that velvet. I know guys like to take pictures and you know they hold the base of the antler, and every time you squeeze on that and push on that you're actually compromising the velvet in that spot you'll you'll damage the the membrane itself cuz it, it's essentially bruising just like your hand right if a, if a person dies and you squeeze any part of that tissue it will bruise still there because it it breaks down the blood vessels and everything that aren't flowing blood anymore so it makes it a little bit harder to cure at those points so you, and it also it mats the hair down when you're holding it and it's hard to get that hair to stand back up and stay fluffy like it was. So that's that's one of the real big don'ts, right? You just don't you don't want to do that. Um, with our product, you want to keep the antler tips in the air, the bases to the ground, so that obviously the tips are the smallest portion, right? The bases are the biggest. So the tips are going to cure out first, and it's essentially going to push that blood out the bases okay. as it cures.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the gist of is don't touch the velvet <laughs> hands off the velvet
1: at some point. Right. But you want to be as gentle with it as possible. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So let's say I kill a deer. It's in velvet. I have your product up with, with me, skin it out, take care of the meats, put it, put it in. Uh, obviously I'm putting the meats in uh, game bags and I'm thinking about packing out the animal, spraying down the velvet. How long should I, let that sit for a certain amount of time before I grab that head and try to hike that off the mountain
1: No it doesn't matter really just like I said you want to be as gentle with that velvet as possible and and what's funny is is we actually built a our trophy head harness I don't know if you've seen that our trophy head hauler I have yes. so we actually originally to start so you could carry your velvet on your backpack. What And it just holds the head, right? Instead of tying ropes and stuff to those antlers and pulling on that velvet and peeling that velvet off as you travel with it.
0: Yep. And that's a great business move, adding one product onto the other, knowing, knowing that there is a demand and there's a problem, right? So kill an animal. All right, we got the spray to preserve the velvet, but now we got a problem of like, how do we get it off the mountain without damaging this valve? And, and we're talking about more backpacking Hunts. But when I'm thinking about velvet, I'm thinking about mule deer hunts, archer mule deer hunts. Typically, that's going to be in high country because you're usually up high in the, the summer. So that's kind of that's kind of the gist of it, right? Like whatever what other velvet animals are we talking about that we can use this on?
1: Now you got me started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what happens on these podcasts.
1: We've got access deer. Uh, yeah. Those are for the world now. Um, you know Hawaii, Texas, Texas—they kill a lot of them in Texas. And the neat thing about axis deer is they can be in velvet any time of the year. You can mm-hmm. be hunting axis deer, and there's one in velvet and one in one hardhorn at the same time. Yeah. It's just they're just kind of a different animal. Um, you got got roe deer over in Europe. We're just starting to work with some of those guys. You got a whole bunch of different. I think there's six different deer in Australia that all come in velvet. Um, okay. New Zealand, red stag, elk, white tail. Um, we're finding out even like in South America, they have coastal white tails there that the guys are killing velvet, coastal white tails.
0: I'm no kidding.
1: South America, right? So, I mean, we've kind of, we start everybody goes, you know, you guys start this business, you know, it's just a limited little thing here in the Western United States. And now we got people, we had a taxidermist that um, just ordered a bunch of product from uh, uh, Great Britain. So, uh, so they got stuff everywhere that people, you know, start thinking outside the box, there's actually hunting all over the world that they kill velvet animals
2: all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Or the
2: potential because there was a, a lot of that where they wouldn't intentionally shoot something in velvet because they didn't know how to preserve the velvet or how to take care of it. So now that we have come to the market with our product, we're finding more and more people are reaching out to us saying, well, we technically could shoot them in velvet, but we never have because we don't know how to deal with it and no one here knows what to do with it. So, so you know, and then, away from it. Yeah, yeah they were away from it. And one of the big business segments for us that we kind of skipped over a little bit was all of our northern hunts. So Canada and Alaska, right? You've got velvet bull moose, you've got caribou, yeah. and uh we ship a lot of product up north, and that's the big thing is people spend a lot of money to go, you know higher bush planes go way back and dropped in the back country. They're going up there to shoot those big giant, you know, either caribou or reindeer, depending on where you're at. Mm -hmm. And some of those big big velvet bull moose. And the concern is you can imagine you're way back up at there in Alaska or Canada, you got to load this precious velvet onto a bush plane and fly a bush plane out, then package it, send it home. And by the time you get that home, most of that velvet's either or completely destroyed because it's been rubbed on a, on a, A cooler, a suitcase, a box, whatever it might be. And so we found kind of unintentionally one of our large business segments during that time of the year, we're shipping gallons and gallons of product up to either hotels, rental car agencies, guiding outfits. So they have everything they need right there, where if they shoot one or two velvet caribou, they apply it right there, either at base camp or in the field. And by the time, you know, let's say there's a, there's a party of a couple hunters like Daryl, myself, and a couple other people go up and go hunt. And I harvest a velvet caribou day one, and we're up there for seven days. Hypothetically speaking, by the time I apply my velvet lock, by the end of our trip, that velvet will be fully preserved and ready to go home.
0: Yeah. And then, so, I mean, obviously you're still going to take the necessary steps for care for the flight home or the ride home, wherever you're doing, but... Now, like that protection level has increased quite a bit.
2: You still, you know, again, even like these behind me, when they're fully preserved, yes, you can go and tug on the velvet membrane. You can rub them and clean them. But again, it's still a precious material even after it's preserved. You know, you want to keep it away from certain elements like flame or excess heat, you know, animals that chew, mice, those types of things. But yeah, that velvet tissue will be fully preserved. You know, and the other thing to consider here that's been a big selling point for us and things that we didn't think about when we started this was one 12 ounce, hypothetically speaking, like, you know, with the product, one bottle of product weighs give or take 12 ounces up to a gallon, you know, and you're talking about trying to pack in something dangerous like formaldehyde or, you know, um, you know, trying to find a local freeze dryer, trying to do all that stuff. It's just we come to find that a lot of our customers wish they you know they, they typically will say well i wish i would have heard of your product last year before i went on my caribou hunt because i lost all the velvet and he was a giant bull mm-hmm. so you know we've kind of unintentionally found there's multiple segments within the market where our product is being used you know again we kind of developed it literally as a backcountry diy style guide or hunter like daryl and i and a good bulk of our sales go to you know fully established taxiderms well that's- back in the their only other option was they they inject it with, you take it to a, a taxidermist, he's in, he injects it with formaldehyde, assuming he knows what he's doing, or he either owns a large freeze drying freezer or he he outsources it to a freeze dryer, which can take you know up to a year and is extremely costly. So now our customers of ours that are professional taxidermists that have these big walk-in freezers, they'll take in anywhere from a dozen to a couple dozen velvet heads a year. Once they're done accepting all their velvet, they could hypothetically in one day pull all of their velvet heads out, lay them all out on the ground, take a gallon of our product in one of those commercial grade pump sprayers like you would get at Home Depot. And literally just pressurize the system and walk down and spray every single one of them, let them you know, sit out for 72 hours, plus depending on the weather and the, the humidity in the air and that type of stuff. And we just saved him, you know, we increased his revenue, increased his efficiency and decreased his downtime to where he can turn around. As soon as he gets that Cape back, throw that head on there. And off he goes.
0: Yeah. And I was, I was about to say that I work with a, a taxidermist here locally here in Denver. And I was in his shop the other day and he was, he was doing some things to these velvet, um, some ve- velvet antlers that like did not get preserved. Well, all beat the crap. And he was, painting them in a way it made it look like it was freshly rubbed off in blood and man if they just either they used your product in the field or if he was using your product it would have saved that like creative solution of like well i guess we'll do the best we can with these
1: screwed up velvet antlers now correct yeah, <laughs> yeah. the other view product too is um so you can you get a deer that's half in and half out of velvet, which I have one up here on the wall. You know, it's actually a white tail, but this is where a taxidermist, if you take that deer to a taxidermist, he's going to scrape it off. Right. Because they can't inject them, you know, until our product came along, a deer like that, you can't inject that because they're, the, the stuff won't go anywhere. It'll just fall out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So now with product, you can spray it on there and it'll, cure it exactly the way you killed it
0: that's cool that's preserving exactly the way you killed it which is super cool
2: yeah Yeah. And, and and a lot of people love that look right you book kind of a lifetime and you harvest a caribou that's half shredded you want to preserve it that way and remember it exactly how you walked up on it so yeah we call those the the medusa mounts and they're absolutely awesome because you know again you can tug on that velvet it's nice and supple supple excuse me on the on the hair side but nice and hard almost like a, a really really old piece of leather on the back side but again you you get to keep it the way you found it
1: i'll show you real quick kurt this yeah. is the membrane that my son killed this buck when he was 12 with his bow but and it was perfect but when he rolled down the hill he peeled that membrane and that is how hard that membrane turns oh yeah so see, here's how another how long have you had that book? This is this is 12 years old. This is And that one I killed 10 days before that one. And he's they're both 12 years old. Beautiful bucks. But that's like I see, you know, so people understand what it really does to the membrane. That's how hard it will make the membrane.
0: Yeah. That's a great product, guys. Like, and obviously that was like your let me. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was the product that brought you to market. That was like your first product, right? Right, correct, right. So <laughs> then
1: we moving forward, I guess, to the next ones. So we don't kill all of our time on one. Um, <laughs> somebody just asked us. They said, "Man, do you guys have anything that cleans mounts?" So, I'm like, well, heck, let's look into this a little bit, right? So then we started diving in and figuring out that more and more people this day and age, we're seeing bug infestations in our mouths, right? It's just, it's more common than it ever has been. And the reason for that is up until years ago, they used to use arsenic in tanning solutions. So that arsenic, the bugs, it would penetrate into the actual hide of the animal, right? And those animals, those bugs, they don't like it. You of old mouths that have never been cleaned and they still have all their hair. But now we're starting to see a lot of people in the last 10 to 15 years that are getting mounts done, they're starting to lose hair. And if they're losing hair, they more than likely have a bug in them. And that, that bug chews on the keratin of the hair, of the hair follicle. We created our Trophy Clean product to be able to spray a mount. It dissolves and, and gets rid of dust and dirt. Um, the oils that'll build up over time on, on ducks and birds and things, you know, that gets sticky and it's real hard to clean. So that trophy clean will dissolve that and just wipe it away. Um, the product comes with a towel and brush in it, so so everybody has what they need when they purchase it. Um, and you take that brush and brush it into the hide itself, into the hair, to get it down to the hide surface. So there's a pin brush that you want to push it down. Some people say, "Oh, I just use a bug bomb, right?" And a uh, but a bug bomb, a bug can hide from a bug bomb unless that stuff they actually get it on them. It's not going to kill them. So that's where this product, when you brush it in and see, it comes with this kind of a brush. Yeah. So with the you brush it into that hair and it carries that product down to the hide surface where they live. So that's really important about taking care of your animals that a lot of people don't understand. They, they, I use pledge. I get that a lot. I said, well, pledge doesn't do anything for you, but make them look pretty.
0: Right. Right? Give them some shine. (laughs)
1: So what our product's doing is you're doing two things, right? You're cleaning, you're conditioning, and you're taking care of that bug problem. If you do that every four to six months, you shouldn't have any problem with bugs. Not to say that they're not going to, you know, disclaimer, right? Don't, don't spray it on there and say, oh, well, now I got bugs. I mean, it, there's always a possibility. Depends on how it's applied, who applied it, where it was applied, what kind of animal, all those things play into it, right? um african animals are real bad because they have that they all have true horn and around that horn there's tons of keratin and those, those bugs love that keratin so people sat real good you know around the base of those horns and it'll kill larvae it'll kill kill the bugs that are in there and it should keep them from coming back up to six months at a time
0: yeah that's good um you got me thinking. now i'm thinking hmm I know what i'm gonna be buying here in the next week <laughs> um so so that's two products obviously you know i don't want to just skip over that product but i know you've got more down the line yep. too what, what's the uh what's, so what's the ne- products you guys we
1: got came up with um same things out of necessity right um doyle moss i always throw doyle out because he's a good dude but doyle Come to us and said, Hey, you know, you guys got this velvet stuff figured out for the backcountry. What about hides? Because if you could figure out how to keep a hide, the hair from slipping on a hide, man, you could save our butts because these guys back, back again, they got a hide back there, they've taped it off. Now what? Either you're packing 25 pounds of salt with you, right? Or we do something else. So, there in turn, we took about a year, we tested it, we we did a lot of things, and we created a hide lock product that's called. Um, that other deer that I showed you with the velvet falling off, mm-hmm. that hides for 10 days in a plastic bag at 90 degrees in the back of my pickup, unrefrigerated. And he never lost any hair out of it.
0: And you sprayed that down. and Did you do that on purpose? You leave in the back of your truck on purpose?
1: Yeah, I did two of them at the same time. Left them in the back of my truck for 10 days in Maryland. between So I killed it in Maryland and I drove all the way down through the Carolinas and through Mississippi, Arkansas, took me 10 days. And then when I got after 10 days, I decided I'd ship it to my taxidermist. My taxidermist got it and he goes, Man, this thing's just like the day you killed it. I can't believe you left it in your truck for 10 days.
0: <laughs> That's great. And Well, yeah. And I've definitely had iffy situations where I couldn't get the hide back and get it frozen or get it cold. And I'm worried about it being in the back country or whatever I'm doing. So, Three grade you know,
1: even, even if a guy is going to freeze it right because the freeze thaw process sometimes they don't freeze fast enough so they start to decay. Yeah, so. Then when they go to defrost them, they don't defrost fast enough, so the outside starts to decay as they're defrosting. So if, if the hide lock is applied when you before you freeze it, as it thaws, there's no decay anywhere. Yeah, so smart. it's just a really good insurance.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: So yeah, um, I think it's important to know. You know we go, I go back to the Alaska Canadian guys, you know, the guys that hire a bush plane and go back in there and they want to keep that once in a lifetime cape off their caribou or their bull moose or their bear, or whatever it is. You know, Daryl mentioned it, but that one 12 ounce bottle replaces 25 pounds of salt. So when you're talking ultra light, you're talking backpack hunting, you're talking, you know, cargo weight. Man, 25 pounds of salt, that's a lot to give up if you're limited to 1,000 pounds or whatever it is. You're going to swap out 25 pounds for 12 ounces. That would allow you to take that much more either gear or you know, food, <laughs> uh, safety equipment, shelter, whatever it might be, to where you can live a little more comfortably out there with the peace of mind that, hey, if you're hunting velvet, the velvet will be taken care of at Velva Lock if you're not hunting velvet or if you are too, take hide lock with you replace that 25 pounds and be able to come home with that once in a lifetime bear or caribou or whatever it is and not have to stress about man the bush plane's not coming for four more days how am i going to keep this cold you know a lot of guys have the misconception and and i've heard guys are successful with it um, other guys not so much but you know they'll put the hide in a garbage bag and put it in a creek well again think about when you when you when you cape something out naturally there's bacteria in the air there's bacteria on your hands There's bacteria you roll that up and put it in there you think that you're fully protected having that in a nice cold river but the truth of it is especially when you're talking bear, they retain so much heat if there's bacteria in the center of that you roll that hide up and put it in a garbage bag there's a misconception that going to be good when you take it out because it was kept cold when the truth of it is that bacteria is thriving in there because you think about how warm a bear hide is with any excess fat or tissue, and you're gonna be you're gonna be really disappointed when you get that thing out and realize you have hair falling out by the handful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I've done that before. I've I've stuck shit in the river thinking, let's keep it cold. And this is the worst case scenario, is because everything gets all waterlogged and nasty and in there anyway. Even if it is a garbage bag, it's you can't keep the water out. And you try, but you can't no and water. Yeah. Yeah, there's always, water always gets in somehow. So yeah, another great product. So that spun you into the third product. What's what was the next one you spun into?
1: So kind of in between there, I guess, we got our, um, our stain scrub. So it's just, a, it's an enzymatic blood and stain remover. It removes blood out of hides, um, backpacks, clothing, works great on antelope stone sheep, those kind of things where you can't get that blood out without you know, because you can't use bleach on them and it stains them real bad. And so we just, we we built that one and brought that one out. There's not a not a ton to say about that one other than it takes out blood out of everything. It will dissolve blood, old blood. Obviously, if it's been washed or it's gone to the tannery already and came back, that blood pretty set in at that point. It's tough to get out. But if you'll, you'll do it before and um, we got one taxidermist out in the Midwest that he uses it religiously. He sprays every single hide, rubs it in before it goes to the tannery. The first thing the tannery does is wash them when they get them. He said they come back just shiny and clean. And he said they just, they're beautiful. It's just another quick spray down of of one of our products before it goes into the processing portion that ends up turning out really, really, really good.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely going to get you guys connected with my taxidermists here in town. If you're not already connected with them, I think well, it's just, okay. Adventure Wildlife Studio
1: here in Denver. So. so, Yeah, we'd like to talk to them.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely going to get you guys connected because I think you guys can do some great stuff. Which yeah. yeah, again, another another need. And you guys are filling in another need to preserve, preserve a trophy, man. That's great.
1: So so then we'll move on one more. um So it's funny we were talking to the guys from New Zealand, and in New Zealand they do a lot of European mounts. The guys that hunt there, that's just what they like European mounts there. And he says, "Man, we can't get a hold of products to do any European mounts. It's just like, and it costs three to five hundred dollars a piece to do them. You know, for a taxidermist to do them. He says we like to be able to do them ourselves. So we played around and tried to." figure out you know what can we do for these guys and so we ended up same thing testing for about a year and playing with products and sending stuff to people trying it and so we created actually a spray-on degreaser and a spray-on whitener for doing european skull so you can either do a fresh skull right? spray the degreaser and stuff on there spray the whitener on there they turn out really good i actually just did a bull elk for a friend of mine the other day um but the beauty of it is and you probably know this. You've probably seen it. You get skulls on the wall over a certain period of time. They start to yellow, right? That's the natural oils coming out of the bone. And I've had heard this a million times. I have taxidermists coming. You are not getting all the oil out. You're not getting all the grease out. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen a taxidermist, and I'll probably be corrected on this one. I don't know if I've ever seen one that can get all the grease out of the bone. It's just almost virtually impossible, right? Unless you boil this, boil the bones down, they fall apart, and you put them all back together. You're just, there's going to be some grease left in that bone at some point. So old skull that's on the wall, you can't take it off, off the wall and re-simmer it, re-boil it, whatever you want to call it, to get that grease to come back out of it, right? Because it's, you'll, the bones will fall turn to chalk. You. They'll turn to chalk. They'll turn to nothing on you. So that's where ours, you can spray that degreaser on it. Then you spray your whitener on it. There's a process. And it will re-whiten an old skull that's on the wall as well as doing new skulls so oh. you, there you got your stuff that you can keep clean and fresh on the wall looking good
0: oh so it's not it does both it does uh preempt it or we're like you can do it to whiten and, and degrease the skull as you're doing the uh, euro but then you can also freshen up an old euro that's maybe turning yellow and some oils coming up interesting that's nice or or you
2: know the other thing too is we've We've had guys that have been out you know, shed hunting or they've been out hunting and find a cool skull, like a bear skull or a coyote skull, and they think it's cool and they want to keep it. So, you know, you get a skull that's been laying out there for a year or two. You know, they've been picked clean naturally by the bugs. They have some natural staining and brown depending on what they were in. It's, it's a great alternative to where you don't have to pay a, a Euro guy to go do it for you. You can just take this kit, super simple, spray on, comes with two brushes, towel, gloves, everything you need um uh, we actually we sell them individual by the bottle so you could buy either just the degreaser or the whitener we do sell it in a kit and our kit actually comes with or an option for our kit we actually have our own skull hangers as well
0: i saw that yeah i saw that on your site the your skull hangers we also another great point is preserving for um the shed hunters that find a deadhead that's another good point
2: yep and yeah, i've you do- know we have people about our our skull hangers and i tell them all the time you know we're not we're not in the skull hanging industry or the business to compete with some of those big names super super fancy articulating ball head type things they're great products and i love them but ours is simply just to add another repertoire in there to where you know if someone wants to let's say their son shoots a little deer you know or they find a deadhead deer or something and they don't want to go out and spend that kind of money they're getting the one-stop shop in our kit Right. Like they get everything they need from the degreaser all the way to getting it hung on the wall. Um awesome hammered steel look, extremely tough. It holds what up to we you say you're up to about 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. 30 pounds. So you know it's it's not gonna do a giant bowl if you got a giant Euro bowl up on the wall or bull moose or anything like that. It's not meant for that, but if you've got you know, I would say anything a smaller elk all the way down to your coyote, we've got a coyote hanging over here on one as well, and they're just a great, easy to use product.
0: yeah, and I've and I've done a few euros myself and I don't think I want to anymore. <laughs> it's just so much work and it's so messy, man. And I suck at it. So uh, but you know, with some I you know, I'd say with a couple products that would help that process, I think it make things a lot easier. And, um, yeah, and I actually, I got a couple heads sitting around I haven't done anything, any, any skull hangers with, and I saw that on your website too. So we're we'll definitely have to talk after this podcast. I might be going broke guys. I might be like spending all my money with, uh, these guys right here, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, moving on, man, is that, is that kind of cover pretty much your, yeah. I, didn't one, so. I didn't think, I didn't think so
1: our biggest ones we actually just launched in january and this thing actually took the world by storm i would say <laughs> it went Great. crazy okay. um so the same thing you know with taxiderm is reaching out to us all the time is that, man you have an easier way to do turkey fans
2: feet wings
1: feet wings those kinds of things right because the borax and salt thing that's what that's what people have always relied on right and this actually goes even further than that because I've had a lot of people that like to do grouse because those cool grouse tails, mm-hmm. but grouse tails are real hard to do because the feathers are so small and they're so hard to get cleaned and make sure that there's no, not going to be any bugs in it. Right. So we started playing with stuff there again and we came up with fanlock. So fanlock will actually cure a turkey tail in five days. All right, I'm
0: listening. <laughs>
1: I did a pheasant tail, and you can kind of see the base of that pheasant tail. Same yeah. thing, right? Real small. There's. I didn't have to clean anything. I just cut it off, cleaned off the big pieces of meat, and I sprayed it on there, pinned this, tur- this pheasant tail out. You don't see pheasant tails like this, right? right. But probably a lot of people like to have a tail, but they're just such a pain to deal with, and the taxiderms don't want to deal with. You could just simply pin this out Spray it once a day for five days, and it's done forever for you.
0: I think that's cool. Yeah, and that's I did the same. So oh, yeah, we. My daughter killed a turkey. What's that? My daughter killed a turkey a couple of years ago, and I uh fanned it out for her. When I did the whole borax and salt and that type of curing, and it took it was a process, man. You know, and got to get all the meat off, make sure everything's perfect, and. But yeah, if all I had to do was spray it once a day for five days, that'd have been a lot easier.
2: What it also too, aside from spraying just the base there, or if you spray it all, you know, sometimes a lot of these birds will get mites and things in them. Right. And so that will also help eradicate all the bugs. You don't have to worry about a bug infestation. It'll keep the flies away. So you don't have to worry about any type of, you know, maggots or larva or anything like that on there. Super easy it can be used on the wing wings of the, of any bird, but I'll speak to a turkey. Um, Turkey wings, turkey fan, the beard, the feet. So we have people that like to preserve the feet, right? Whether they're natural looking, the way they kind of hang there, or they'll spread them out on, you know, on, on the ground, and you can either inject it under the toes, or you can spray it down in the in the knee and the tendon, and it'll preserve those turkey feet just like that.
0: Okay, is there a is there a problem that you guys haven't figured out a solution to yet in this field?
1: Uh, <laughs> we've actually. We've actually had people ask us about doing stuff kind of like the liquid game bag type of thing, you know.
2: Peppered liquid game bag, but then you still have to put it in a game bag to protect it from dirt and (laughs) contaminants. You know, we get, we do, we get a lot of kind of really weird requests. Like, you know, we've had people that have asked about our stain scrub because it works so well. You know, if you're a, a Sitka, Kuyu, any of those big name brands out there, you spend thousands and thousands on camo and they get stained and, you know, dirty and whatnot. And so people love it because they can, after a season, they can spray down their or after a hunt, depending on how it is, they can spray down all their camo, their bags. You put them in, you know, you spray them. It's kind of a gelatinous, almost like a dish soap feel. Spray it on there, kind of rub it in, let it sit. And what it does. Um, So it's great because you can throw all stuff in the tub, fill the tub up, you know, quarter to halfway with warm water. You don't need any soap other than our product. And then you're good to go. So we've actually had people reach out to us and ask if we could make deodorant, if we could make laundry soap. Like, I mean, honestly, it's kind of comical. Some of the requests we get, but some of them are great ideas, really. Like some of them are like, wow, that's would add to our list of you know, successful products, and that actually makes sense. So, our whole thing is, our goal is uh, what we what we work all the time is. We are trying to be a one-stop shop for everything, from the field to the wall to the table, if, if you will. Yeah, you guys have to. I mean, change. We've been asking about butchering kit. You're, everything.
0: You have to change the name of your company to like we do everything.
1: <laughs> so, we're actually gonna we're gonna just shorten it up to VAT. Yeah. So that people, because a lot of people see velvet antler technology, they shy away because they don't have velvet, you know what I mean? So, but I'm, I'm kind of partial, to the it was kind of my baby way back when, and I, so I said, let's, let's roll with VAT and just see what happens there. You know, Like all the signage and our t-shirts and our hats that we're changing just to that small acronym, just like a lot of people do, right? PSE and. A lot of others that so yeah so so if people are looking for us that's where we're going to start pushing towards is that vat acronym
0: yeah i like that 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 can evolve into a um kind of a whole brand of its own rather than because that's when people think you know they hear velvet antler technology oh it's a velvet spray that preserves velvet and they don't go much more further than that in their mind right so vat that could evolve into everything I like that that's pretty cool yep well guys you got anything new in the pipeline that you're working on I mean don't share too much we don't want someone to like knock it off or something
1: we're always we're always thinking about things like I said we're always getting ideas and you kind of got to keep broadening your horizons and building your portfolio you know so we always got a few things we're playing with and working on
0: yeah that's great any other product that we missed that you want to talk about?
2: No, just want to, you know, anyone that has ordered from us or continues to or supported us just want to say thank you. It's been, you know, we started as literally a little mom and pop shop out of our garage weekend warrior side hustle that has turned into a full-time profession for us. And we have a, a, two, three, three other full-time employees and some sales reps out there and we travel around and do all the big name shows and stuff and so honestly it wouldn't be possible without every one of you and our supportive wives and family and we just appreciate people you know opening their eyes and their hearts to new things in the industry because I know sometimes it's you know this industry can be very tough to be a part of and be successful in because it is hard to get into and it's kind of a certain brotherhood if you will that they're not always welcoming to new people, but we just thank everyone that's kind of given us help along the way and insight and mentorship.
0: Yeah, I mean, sounds like you guys are doing great. And it's kind of the dream is do something you love and be able to do it full time.
1: Yeah, and we uh, it's funny. It's kind of cool, though. I mean, we um, so we do all the bottling, labeling, everything, right? I live on an acre and we have a shop. And everything, every bottle that goes out of here gets touched by one of our guys. It's not, you know, we don't have this big manufacturing facility that puts it all together and we just throw it out to people. Um, These things are all hand bottled, hand labeled. Every cap gets screwed on by hand right now. You know, that's just the way it is. And it's the way you got to build a business.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully soon you can have a a manufacturing company doing that for you and free up your time a little bit to uh, continue to do some art research and development and, and increase sales.
2: It's, you know, it also is worth mentioning too. those of you that follow us on social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you know, through our VAT newsletter whatnot, you know, every time you guys reach out to us, you get either Daryl or myself to answer your questions or phone calls. So our, our phone numbers are available. You'll most likely talk to Daryl because his number is the primary on the website. If you go through social media, it'll most likely be me. But that's one thing I like to point out to people is you have two co-owners and, fa- and a founder that is here to answer your questions personally and make sure your customer service is the number one priority to us. We're not—we didn't start this business to make money. Truly, we started this business to solve problems for people like us that love to hunt and are passionate about our trophies. So, you know, again, we put customer service as our number one thing. And you, there's numerous testimonials out there and people that are that were blown away by our customer service if they had a mishap with shipping or we had guys that went to Alaska that. Their shipment got lost and we had to overnight it. We ate the cost of the shipping. Like we just truly care about our customers because we understand that you guys are the lifeblood of our company.
0: And that's, that's what a good company does. So it sounds like you guys are running a good ship there. And and it's nice to be able to like reach out and not get a bot and yeah. or a customer service rep in, in India. And you actually can talk straight to the owner. That's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I am going to link all of their link their website and I'll probably display as I'm putting this together. If you're watching some of my YouTube channel, I'll just be displaying some of these products on the screen that we're talking about. And um any closing remarks, guys, besides the that beautiful statement we just said by AJ.
1: No, man, we just appreciate you having us on there. And uh we we just truly want to educate people on on what we do and why we do it and uh and if anybody has any questions about anything, feel free to give us a call. We'll be glad to answer any questions and help people through the process, man. If somebody's, you know, we've had this before. People say, man, I don't think things are going right. And they call me and we walk them through those processes. And, I mean, I don't think there's a problem with velvet that hasn't happened that we don't know about, right? We, I mean, honestly, with velvet, we've had guys bring help to us that are five days in the back of the truck full of maggots. And we were able to save the velvet on them. you know so we've seen everything there is to see with the velvet i think for sure
0: well thanks guys appreciate you guys um this is the western obsessions tv podcast you guys are talking to the vat guys i'll link everything up thanks a lot guys thank you this is the western obsessions tv podcast where hunting's not a hobby it's an obsession